0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. Today, I have an exceptional guest that is going to just make your heart beat a little bit quicker today. And you're calling whatever God is calling you to and your purpose. I know she would just illuminate the conversation with encouragement. Thank you, Anita, for coming on the show today. Oh, you're so welcome, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here and just to get to know you. And
1: I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today.
0: Yeah, I feel that it's going to be such a good conversation. You know, we both, I think, are very much like-minded in a sense of uh, being entrepreneurs. And, you know, I'm doing a podcast and you're doing all of the things that you'll talk about today. But uh, before we even get to all of those fun things, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about where you are on the map, uh, what you'd like to do, where you're from, that kind of thing. We'll start there.
1: Okay. So we currently live in uh, right outside of Austin, Texas. We are from uh, San Clemente, California. So, um The transition from going from a beach community and being a beach girl my whole life and moving to Central Texas has been um, good and hard and amazing all at the same time. Uh, And so that is just one of those things that we as a family have really, we've really kind of leaned into. We always like to say like in San Clemente, we had an incredible homeschooling community and church community and neighborhood community that were really our family that we belong to. And as we let go of kind of like that Kung Fu grip that we had on people, God's shown us as we've released the grip on people and really attached ourselves to the father, then we've been able to re-engage with people, Um, my whole family, like from my husband and I to our youngest kids. uh, It's been really incredible uh, to be on this journey. Um, Some days, I can't believe I actually live in Texas. (laughs) But other days, I'm like, Lord, this is exactly where you have us because we have so flourished and matured and are so settled in our proper identity with the Father, you know, vertically. And then that has allowed us to reconnect with people um, horizontally that it, it's just it's been so good. Like, I, I just I love it. I love it here. And I love what God's doing in our lives.
0: I love that you mentioned settled. I think that, that that you made a really good point. I think we're just going to a great segue to open up into what we have uh, the next couple of questions I have for you, but uh, settling, right. So settling your eyes on the Lord, you like talk about that vertical instead of horizontal. Um, but doing that whole, taking your eyes on Jesus on taking your eyes on, you know, the father, I think that's a beautiful thing and, and shifting your heart towards that. I think that's hard when you are stepping out into the unknown and letting go of certain things, uh, where to shift your eyes, where to steady your feet, where to, um, you know, cause everything else, when you start to move, right, the ground starts to shake. So where are you going to be settled? Right. And sometimes when often things get a little shaky in our lives, we tend to, I know I I can speak for myself. I tend to look at, okay, well, if I settle for this, then I won't have to compromise that. And we all want it to be comfortable and peaceful, right? When the Lord starts to shift us and change us. So how do you kind of, um, you know, how does that decision to keep your eyes on him in a in a time when you know the Lord doesn't want you to settle where you're at um impact you?
1: So actually, I think for me, it started a lot of years ago. I had um, joined a prayer team at church and I was really on a, really interested in diving in and been on this journey for, I feels like a while now of really understanding like my proper identity. So as a young person, right, I was raised around church. We can get into that a little bit later, but, but didn't, I felt like I was saved for later for heaven, but kind of live like hell. And so then really didn't have any transformation in my life until, until I really um, yeah. Until I had like an encounter, a physical encounter with God. And that was, that happened at age 36. And so once that start happening and i started really realizing and recognizing like as a younger person trying to find my worth and my value in all the things outside um right and we do that as as women we can find we can try to find our worth and our value in like the maybe kind of like the healthy things like our husbands our children our job our education or something like that or maybe the less healthy things like you know drugs alcohol sex all those kinds of things like i i walked through all of that and so what God had showed me when we—I really had this transformation—was Anita. I really want you to be. I want you to understand what your identity in me really is, right? And that what a what it where it started was like being able to teach my kids when they were really young. Like God's word is true from cover to cover. Everything that He says about oh, us is really the most important thing in our life. And if, if we are really, rec- I was starting to recognize that. Especially like for young women, when we're able to recognize that our identity comes from what the Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus say about us in their word um right cuz that's like the family figure that's the father of god the mother of god and the son of god all together when we allow them to speak the truth about our identity into our lives and we get our worth and our value from them then we're not actually going out and trying to get our worth and our value from people anymore yeah. like, then we can actually be like that to me that's what i've noticed in my walk and this has probably been like a maybe a 10ish year journey of like yeah. oh like, that's how I can be content in, in where I am, like, that's how I can have peace in where I am. But if I'm always trying to like grab for my worth and my identity and my value from other people or other things, or maybe it was like, for me, it was a lot for a long time. Before this, it was my identity was wrapped up in, in my career and my income and my title and my stuff and all the things that life had told me were what I was supposed to pursue, and so I think it probably comes back to that. It, it's like getting my identity so solid, right? And it, again, it's 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 that I'm so solid this way that when I stretch out and meet people, you know, so when I like just verbally, I'll use that. When I'm so solid in my identity and who God says I am vertically, then actually I can enjoy life horizontally so much better because then I'm good with me. And once Mm -hmm. I'm good with me, then you and I can be better friends because I can see you for who you are and pour into you in that and like draw out the gold and like, oh my gosh, Jackie, you're amazing. And here's why. And be able to just really speak truth into your life, right? So it, it not only ministers to my heart, but it allows me to actually have very different relationships with people in that way.
0: It's so good because, you know, even Jesus said, you know, the truth will set you free. You know, and I, I, I love that he's not messing around, you guys. And I love that it set you free in so many different ways. And you even said physically, like, let's go back to that. Like, what happened to you, Anita, that physically, if you want to share that with us today, I mean, I just, that's a question I have in my mind. Like, how did God transform you? Because you said you were putting your your hope in things that were just fading and I just love that you were like, okay, no, I'm going to cling to the vine. You know, in John 15, it says, you know, just stay in the vine, abide in me. And he's like, it's no joke. When you abide in him, you can do all those things you just said. Like you can funnel out the joy and the peace, even with amidst your circumstances, you're holding on tight to something that stands strong. So I guess for me, I'm wondering, like, how, how did you figure that that through something physical um, yourself? That you so there's
1: probably two things like on the surface, what was happening as I had risen to a level of gr- really great success in my career, I had mm-hmm. like, as I was an executive in the software industry, worked for a global tech company. I had kind of climbed the ladder and I got up to, I remember distinctly, like I can, it's still palatable to me right now. I remember t- climbing to the top and kind of getting to this sp- spot where I was like, I have the money and the title and the accolades and all these things around me. And I was not happy. I was not happy at all like I felt kind of like choked out when I got to the top looking around going is this it are you kidding me like this can't possibly be it I worked all this time and sacrificed all these things in these relationships and I was not satisfied at at all Um, now some of that actually just to be clear like some of that had to do with old wounds that I had that really needed to be healed so that I could really genuinely be set free. But also, it was like this, I went after what the world's version was, right? So then come to Christ in the midst of that career. God starts unwinding all this nonsense that I had had in my mind that somehow as a woman, in order to be successful in the corporate space, I had to act like all my male counterparts. And at the time that I was in tech, so I worked, again, I worked for like this tech giant, super successful, but the bulk of my um, peer group was always men. And so in order to com- I felt I I didn't really realize it at the time. But as God started unwinding this nonsense that I had in my mind of like, hey, I made you to be this wonderful woman and this powerful woman and this this successful woman. And so what does it look like to be like a successful woman of faith in the midst of a corporate environment? Because I'm not supposed to be like all my male counterparts. Um and by that, what I mean is I'm not supposed to act and speak and behave and think the way that they do, because that's the way that God's made them. And so it was a process of, I just always got this picture is like unwinding this nonsense that I had in my mind and my heart. It took about eight years, to be honest with you. I always hated when women would say, oh, don't don't worry. Oh, you remember like these Israelites wandered around for 40 years until they got to the promised land, land and I'd be like. Don't tell me that. I hate I, I hate those stories. Um and i I mean that to say like these long time frames that other older, sweet, wise women would give me would frustrate me. They would frustrate me so badly because I would be like, don't tell me I have to wait seven years until my breakthrough. Don't tell me I have to wait forty years until my breakthrough. like that it would make me so so angry and so mad. but really what was happening in that process is God was maturing me. He was ministering to me. He was loving me. He was healing me. Like now I can look back and say, oh my gosh, God, it wasn't, it wasn't. So here's the thing, Jackie, don't we know that oftentimes we are not, I just, I don't, I don't always think that we're waiting on the Lord. I think oftentimes God's like, I have it for you right here, right now. And I'm just asking you to walk in it. So I think, well, I think more times than not that God's actually waiting on us instead of the reverse.
0: Yes. Yes. I think God is definitely, um, yeah, he has his hand out. I think. And there's favor in, with him. I think, I think oh, of even Esther, you know what I mean? Like it, it was time, you know, she was, but it was a process, you know, she wasn't the first one. If you know the story of Esther, she wasn't the first one picked out of, you know, the, the gamut of, of women that were there to be, you know, um, presented to the King, you know, she didn't know she probably had doubt in herself and and who she was and who she was, but God had to encounter her throughout that. Right. So even no matter where you are on the time span of your life, you know, God still wants to encounter you in a very personal way. And, and he may use eight years. He may use 10 years. He may use 40 years. He may use a a month, who knows, but God can transform you. And I think anything worth, um, the transformation. He's gonna purify you and refine you. And it's not gonna be an easy process. I love that you said untangling and unwinding. Like I wanna sit with those words. Like those words impact me in such a way because you're right. When we're when we're younger and I can attest to this in my twenties and early 30s, I thought Oh my goodness! It's supposed to be this this picture, this narrative I painted for myself, and the Lord really smashed that picture. He's like, it's gonna be my way. So sometimes it's unwinding, untangling, and these beautiful words. But sometimes He's like, I'm gonna break that up, you know, yeah. and but work each piece and extract the good, like those treasures from you. And I love that He's patient enough with us. He's a good father that He still has a great plan for your life and my life, Anita. And I just think, um, you know, that's such a cool you know, way to think about it as we journey through what God has for us. And in the corporate world, I love that you spoke to this because I think a lot of women, I love that God spoke to you in a corporate setting. Like that is so awesome. It's like you're a trailblazer in this, you know, and, and you want to give back to what, you know, you have learned through it. You know who you are meant to be in that. And that's important that God was so patient with you in that and what you have learned through that journey. So I think specifically I want to speak to what were some of those things that you had to let go of in order to move onward into that purpose?
1: That's a really good question.
0: Um in terms of let
1: go, I had I had to release a lot of like control of what I thought life was supposed to be like. And that was like I'm super type A, I'm a driver, I loved getting things done on the dis personality profile, my temperament Is a C and a D, if you know anything about those, like the C's and the D's are, they're like the entrepreneurs. D's are the entrepreneurs of the world. We get things done. Um, But what I love is that in the goodness of God, helping me recognize that there are other people in my life that are involved in the journey that we're actually on. And specifically starting with like my husband and the journey that he's on and our kids and the journey that they're on. And so oftentimes where I wanted to like blast ahead and do all the things, God's like, oh, little buddy, you're so sweet that you think that that's
0: what it's gonna be like. Oh yeah, I've been there. And
1: and so gentle, God's so gentle and so kind, right? This is something you said earlier, like let's just acknowledge God can do stuff right here, right now, no matter what, right? But oftentimes the process is but I want you to mature and love and learn along the way. Because remember God's always trying to grow us up as his sons and his daughters. Hmm. He doesn't like, we all, we even know with our own kids, like I would not be a great mom. If I allowed my children to be so spoiled that they never had to do anything for themselves and think of how God, like God says, I'm even better than any parent earthly parent that you could even imagine. So in terms of like letting go, there was a lot of like preconceived ideas and wounds, a whole bunch of just wound old woundedness. Like I grew up in a household where there was abuse at every single level. So allowing that stuff to be healed. And uh, in my first marriage, my first husband was abusive. So allowing that stuff to be healed so that I could actually walk in the good stuff with a husband who's amazing and a husband who's a super champion. Like my, I live in a household of the biggest cheerleaders on the planet for me, who are constantly regularly saying like, mom, babe, you're amazing. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for your, what you model. Thank you so much that like, it's like my core values and the way they leak out all the time. And my, my family is regularly saying like, thank you that you do that kind of stuff. And then sometimes my husband's like, babe, you need to like relax a little bit and slow down and not
0: yeah. work so hard and that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I love it because you definitely have a, a radical vision about what God was placed in your heart to do. You have leadership skills, you trust in God, and but we need those people that God places in our life. I love that. He doesn't like leave us alone. We're not isolated. And I think the time we set ourselves apart and we say we're isolated, we're doing this all by ourselves is when we start to really feel the pressures of life because we're again we're not in the vine. We're not looking to him and what does he have for us? And he had provided you with such a lovely family and your husband and, you know, your your kids. And I just think that's a really cool uh testimony in and of itself, the people around you that lift you up. And I, I do love that. Um, you know, and as you tackle big dreams, you know, corporate world. I mean, come on, that's pretty scary, you know, to say, and you have a dream and and you, you help women, um, in the entrepreneurial life and in your home life. And I guess specifically, like how would you encourage another person to take on a big dream of theirs? I think that's where I want to go with that because you, you've now kind of hit some, some pinpoints of, you know, that God will help you to become successful if you dwell in him. So how, how have you been able to tackle those big dreams as you have been able to focus on him?
1: So I think in tackling the big dreams, there's, there's probably two, well, a couple of things there. One is when, so God gave me a vision a while ago when I started entering the coaching space. And, and just to be clear, like my coaching space, my sweet spot, my audience is those successful corporate women of faith that have risen to a certain level of success but they have a god-sized idea of a dream inside of them to switch over and reapply that into the entrepreneurial space. And so when we talk about um like the vision that's there and God has shown me this vision um uh, sometimes it's kind of scary so to just be honest like the vision that he's given me is massive. Uh and so when we start out, we think as entrepreneurs, well, it's going to be about the money first. Well, then you kind of, then the money doesn't come or the money doesn't, it's just not there and, or it's not enough to really sustain you. So you start recognizing and get digging in deeper, like, well, what's the why there? So being able to dig down deeper into the why of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, it's being able to create a, a movement for women and Specifically, some of the things that you said earlier, Jackie, was you were talking about isolated. So for me, in the as I was working full time in the software industry, yeah. and my work week went anywhere from 40 hours to 80 hours a week. Um, and then I then I start having this encounter with God. So I start moving into more of a Christian circles and Christian life. And what I was either hearing or understanding, it could have been like spoken out loud or not spoken. And this is the way that I perceived it. Somehow I kept getting this message that as a corporate working mom that um, and successful and all this kind of stuff and then having kids that somehow like that was less of a godly calling. And I really I really shrunk back for a lot of years because of that. Um, And then when we moved down to Texas, I was able to connect with some ladies that could see that value in me because As a corporate mom, I didn't ever feel like I connected with the stay-at-home moms. We just didn't, to be honest, like I just didn't feel like I had a lot in common with these gals. And then I retired early and shifted over to homeschool our kids full-time. And then again, I had, I was like wrestling with some of these things. Like I had been a business owner. i had been in the corporate space. I kind of wanted to do something again. I I knew that I was like high functioning and could do a lot of things. I, I had a bigger bandwidth than maybe other people. And so I was kind of restless in that season. So then I didn't necessarily always fit in with all like the homeschooling stay-at-home moms. And so when we moved down to Texas, I I got uh, into a situation where I had some amazing ladies really like call out that gold in me and say, Anita, this, there are women in the Bible that are super successful and are leaders and are powerhouses and are trailblazers. And that's who you are. And it's okay to actually step into that. And so um, as I started walking through that process, right, it's it's what we've been talking about. Right? I had to let go of some of these old lies, essentially, right, lies that were, didn't spit me anymore and kind of take that stuff off and then put on some of the things that God had called me to walk in. So then when then you start talking about some of the challenges in that well, now, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, I can do this. Now I'm empowered to do this. Then it was like, well, then how am I going to do this? Right. And so the other element of that and getting to it is sometimes like getting the vision and trusting that is a bit, is a big piece of it, but then also just walking it out. Right. Because don't We know like the walking it out, sometimes the daily grind of life and the heart, and I got to figure out this and, and how do I create content and school my kids at the same time and then take client calls and And build a successful business and all this kind of like, how do I do that without losing myself and losing my people? Because that that was a big fear for me. And so also laying down the fear and trusting Mm. God in the process of understanding, you know, it's actually okay that you're going to be it's okay to want to be uh, have a healthy marriage and intentionally raise your own kids and homeschool them. And to be a successful business owner, like it's, and I'm going to show you how it's going to, how that's going to work specifically for you, Anita. And so that process of laying those things down and trusting and listening and trusting and, you know, I'll just be clear for me, it was not an overnight thing because I know in the online space, especially when we run businesses and entrepreneurs, we hear people say all the time, and it's such... I might just say, I hope I don't offend anybody. It's such bullshit. I mean, it really is. Like that overnight success, that hockey stick of the revenue, all that kind of stuff. Like those things can happen, let's be clear. But the work that it takes to be able to get that, like that's what we don't see is the amount of specialized skill that you had to be able to get there, the business knowledge, the experience, the favor, like the conversion of all those things. Then yes, they actually do lead they can lead to what seems like an overnight success, but at least in my experience, life is not, it's not normally a, like the things that we see and that we share on social media about this kind of success in our lives, those don't usually happen like in a, because the person changed their character overnight. It happened because there was a process that we went through to, Submit to what God has to us and step into the calling. I think that's the other part is where there's fear to step in. God gives mm. you a big vision there. Initially, you know, like if you are a part of a Holy Spirit filled church where there someone's prophesying over you and they say, hey, Anita, guess what? You're I see that you're going to do this. And you sometimes you can walk home and be like, oh, uh-uh. uh uh-uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, right. Yeah. But then also God, he also calls us to where he knows that we are going to be so fulfilled in our hearts and we're going to line up our purpose and our destiny and the people that are supposed to be around us. Like those things do converge and they do converge over time when we're willing to step into the hard stuff that God has for us, because it's, he wants, he wants good things for us.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, and as you're speaking, it really touched my heart because it's just this. um He's so personal to like, know, like to meet, to weave together all parts of the story from beginning to the end. He knows you're beginning to the end and he wants you to trust him. Like you said, and listen, I just imagine like a braid, right? Like that third, that. Middle string is just that surrender. Stay in surrender to the vine. That verticalness, right to Him, and then then you have to make that choice of trusting. So take that one strand over. You have to take that other choice of listening. Mm-hmm, that means reading your Bible. Yep, that means knowing. God's word, because right. We can't listen to God's voice. If we're not in the word, we don't know that peace that transcends all understanding. If we don't know who God is in our lives for ourselves. So, I mean, maybe you you're taking this and it's like, Ooh, I don't know what faith is. I don't know what that looks like for me in the corporate world. I don't know what book looks like for me in my career or my passion or my ambitions listen, I'm telling you what, it's just one step in front of the other. Just like she said, it's one strand over another. And I'll tell you what, the more you braid together, the more you, that comes together as you abide in him, um, God, God will just, oh man, he he's gonna make something so incredible with that in your life, is just as he's done it, Anita. I mean, I listen to you and you have wisdom. I mean, I just want to hang on those words that are just dripping from you because wisdom is is something that you don't necessarily hear in a business world. And a woman who, I mean, I, in a ministry. Now let me just say this too. You know, we were talking about um, you know, the corporate world. Hey, that can be your ministry. Can I tell you what, how many people need Jesus in that ministry by what you do, what you say, the integrity you uphold. Can I just tell you that is a ministry. What Anita, you are doing, you are reaching other women in faith and in the world that needs to be connected to the vine. You know what I mean? And I love that. And I I think about all the teachers out there. That's a ministry. I think about whatever you're doing. If you work at McDonald's, that's a ministry. Like wherever you are serving the Lord, that is where, you know, God has called you to, then it's a ministry. I know. I went, I went there McDonald's, but you know what I mean? That's right. But Hey, God's going to use you in the small and in the big and you know, good things come from small beginnings. Like you said, it's not overnight and, um, it's not how the world perceives. And I think that's how we have to start. Like what you said, break down those barriers of what the world says. I think maybe even get a sheet of paper and just say, what am I believing about the world today? Like, what does, what is that? And then what does God say about what he's doing in my life? What does God want for me? Um, and I don't think we should be afraid to embrace that. So, and I think too, like, what about unspoken prayers? Like, do you think you had those as you went through this process of, you know, uh, where you are today in your journey, like you were speaking to?
1: Absolutely. So um, last year we had a kind of a radical thing happen in our life. My husband was we in about a six, I forget, it was like six weeks, eight week period where we had like a major uh, marriage upset. And then we had a medical crisis. My husband was hospitalized. And in the midst of that, he had lost his job. Now I had started some businesses, but they weren't super profitable at that point. And so um, in the midst of that, uh, reaching out to different people to um, all of a sudden realize like, oh my gosh, like my husband's, he's, he's out. hes He's down for the count. Like by God's grace, he's here and he's alive. But he was not, you know, he needed to heal after being hospitalized with, with a medical situation. And so reached out to a couple of people, um, made some, you know, reach out to people that I knew in my industry that I had known for like 20 years, um, ended up being like, oh gosh, it's go time. Like, okay, God, here's the deal. So I had reached out then, and this is going to answer your question, right? You had said where their prayers. So there was there were prayers that we were talking about, and there were a whole bunch of prayers that I wasn't talking about. I was only chatting with God about, right? And the intimacy that I already had with God by spending time with him um, allowed this whole story to kind of unfold. So uh, just real quickly, I reached out to a couple of friends of mine and and ended up gathering some clients, right? And in my space, I was able to gather some clients that, that did technically take a... My income in my business from pretty small to hockey stick up. But right again, we talked about like there was a lot of leading up to that. And in the midst of that, I was reaching out to my pastors. I was reaching out to my girlfriends, reaching out in prayer to our church and our prayer team and had kind of like, hey, this is what we need. This is what we need immediately in our marriage, in our health situation. And for my kids like this, and the body of Christ came alongside of us. And our church family was able to help us in amazing ways. But I also had prayers in my mind that were only God and I. Yeah. And I was like, God, there's no way that I can go back and have to do a work a full-time job right now. Like, I need so much time and space. We're not done homeschooling. We're going to get ready. Like, in a month or so, we're going to start year 15 of homeschooling. I was like, Lord, these, these are the things I cannot do. So I had a whole list of things that I was asking people to pray for. But I also had some silent quiet prayers that it was just god and i and do you know jackie like the way god provided for us and our family by bringing me these clients and taking my business to a whole new level what seemed like almost overnight like these divine conversations where i'd have one conversation and a new client would come to me i'd have another conversation and a new client but like the sales normal sales cycle that was stretched out and based on what i do is usually takes a little bit longer to um the to be able to get clients to sign a contract it was like immediate right and so as i looked back to be able to give testimony and say like lord you not only answered i needed this 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 and this and this and here's the list but all here's all the things that i wasn't telling anybody about because my heart was like my heart was breaking my heart was breaking for the circumstances and the situation And I knew that I didn't want to, you know, go and have to go to an office full time and leave my kids in the midst of kind of this gnarly upset. And then being able to come out on the other side and have my husband and I look at each other, the two of us whole and restored and healthy again in our own marriage. Vince starting a path that was radically different than what he had ever experienced in his life and needing to heal from a from a really difficult emergency situation medically. And then losing his job in the midst of that. And, you know, looking back and being like, but God, this is what you did, you know? Mm. So yes, those prayers that are spoken, unspoken, God always knows what those are.
0: And you you just,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, powerful. I mean, I'm just in awe that it. it gives me such hope for whoever's listening today. Maybe you have some unspoken prayers on your mind that God is calling you to say, keep speaking them to me, keep giving me your burdens. You know, it says that in his word and I love how faithful he is to his truth, to his word. Um, You know, we can get wary, you know, if you're maintaining a successful business, maintaining a, a home and then life happens and, you know, it hits the fan. What do you do? You know? You know, and I love how you, um, I love how you and your husband were able to turn to God. I think that simple step of obedience, you know, there's something that I think the Lord is showing me in this season is there's a thing called striving and then there's thing, you know, that thing called trusting and surrender. And the more I think about just your path, the more I think about even my own path, the less I strive And like basically strive goes out the window and I trust God, the supernatural starts to happen. And I'm not talking this, oh, that sounds weird, Jack. No, like it legit, you can't even explain what happens. And I think that's what you're speaking to. You can't explain how God could restore something like that, how God could heal like that, how God could know all those things. You didn't say it out loud. You just probably said it in your head, like in passing, like, that'd be great. You know, X, Y, Z. I love how God takes that and shows up so personal to say, Anita. I've been hearing you this whole time. Yeah. I've never left you. I love you. Regardless of what's going on, you are my child. And when we recognize that whole thing in our lives that we are a child of God, it just starts to give us that that peace and that joy and things just start to happen and don't make sense. And that is like such a good feeling, right?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I love that. So how how okay? So champion other people is what you do as well, not only in their business, and then others that have come around you who've shown you that they can champion one another. Can you tell me a little bit about creating a space that encourages others, even entrepreneurs, um, that will help them through the next step of what they're going through, and why am championing? I'm sorry. So why champion would be important as others move forward, whether whatever space realm they're in. Why do you think championing others is important?
1: I think I think as women, like I spoke about earlier, right, in my experience where I felt like I was called one area and I was kind of ostracized in another area. That was just my personal experience inside of not because anybody was malicious or anything like that. That's just what I experienced in kind of inside the church. And so um, I I think it's so incredibly important. And this is what God has put on my heart. And the irony in that is I did not necessarily I grew up in a household of all sisters And obviously my mom and my dad, but we didn't really have healthy female relationships. If I look back on that, I'm honest. And I did not necessarily have great models of what it was like. So the fact that to, to be in healthy relationship with other women. So the fact that God has put like, women as my core area on my heart to be able to champion champion one another encourage one another be cheerleaders for one another and those successful women that say like yeah you can do this you can totally do this and still have a healthy marriage and not destroy your husband in the process or your you know your children in the process or anything like that like I want to create a movement and a community like that's where we are right now. And the business is creating a community of women who can know and love and trust that they are seen and they are heard and that they have a way to be able to thrive in the area that God has made them. And and yeah, there's, there's so much there that we can kind of unpack.
0: Perfect segue. We'll unpack that and, and we'll hop back in. Okay, perfect. Okay.